This is Unsighted, the internet's least reliable English lit podcast. I'm Chantal. And I'm Amy. And we're two reformed English majors. And former roommates. We discuss literary works we read in our undergrad and beyond. Come hang out with us while we chat about the books, plays, short stories, and poems that we loved and, um, love less. Look up Unsighted, an English lit podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen. And here's a short clip from our episode on The Love Song of J. Alfred Prufrock by T.S. Eliot. And then he says, Though I have seen my head grown slightly bald, brought in upon a platter, I am no prophet, and here's no great matter. I have seen the moment of my greatness flicker, and I have seen the eternal footman hold my coat and snicker. And in short, I was afraid. And here's where he's afraid of death. Right. But I don't think he's actually afraid of death. I think he's just afraid of like, he'll get to the end of his life and it will have all not meant anything. Yeah, I think he's afraid of not living to the fullest. I think he has FOMO and a bit of not enough YOLO. Yes, that's exactly what he has. He's all FOMO, no YOLO. Most of the time, we review books that we really like here on The Book Boys. Other times, we review books that stink. And when a book really stinks, we get fussy. So this is a warning that sometimes we'll swear on this podcast, or sometimes the material that we're reviewing will be adult in nature. So keep that in mind as you listen to this week's episode. And we're off! Looks like it's working. Yeah, I thought we already established that. Okay, you're done. Ben! Huh? How's it going, Big Cat? Is it working? It's working, Big Cat. All right, meow. <laughs> That's not a direction I really want you to go Well, in. then you shouldn't have started it. I don't know. Big Cat sounds cool. Yeah. Uh, I saw it from the movie Old School. Someone huh. uh, someone called Will Ferrell Big Cat, and I always thought that was kind of like a cool nickname. Yeah. And you ruined it. Well, I took it my direction, and that's where it ended up, okay? How's your week been? Ben, two weeks. Went up north. All right. Okay. Joined one of the many beautiful lakes that we have here in Minnesota. Am I supposed to say Minnesota or, or this part of the country? I don't know. How, I think how sneaky we've established are we that we live in Minneapolis. I think it's been going on for a couple of years now. Well, I, I do. You, li- you live out here in the suburbs. It's completely Well, different. don't say that suburb. I don't want the people flocking to my house. Oh, hunting me down. Figuring out where I live. Hanging out outside my place. Showing their breasts to my bedroom window. I have a real bedroom now, Ben. Yep. I don't sleep in a closet off the kitchen anymore. No. I actually sleep in a bedroom that's above you, above ground. You made your child sleep in the closet now. They chose that on their own. Okay. So uh, I now am upstairs with a skylight, windows looking down the street, where if people did decide that they want to flock outside my place as if I was Elvis or uh, Howard Hughes and uh, show their breasts to me, I'd be able to stand there with my cup of coffee and watch uh, giddily. Well, don't worry. We can just tell them about all the dead flies in the basement, and that'll probably deter them. Yeah, that's true. Uh, but the, the amazing thing is, after going out to uh, the bar slash restaurant that we go to before every show, yep. uh, it, it gave it enough time where the sun set, and now all the flies are sleeping. So I got to kill a couple more before you got down here. But man, it was bad Fantastic. for a while. Yeah, it's got a lot of fun. Living in an old house is uh, an adventure. <laughs> It's an adventure. A rewarding one, though, I'm sure, right? And it's all, it, it all revolves around the concept of death, killing cute things like mice and small things like flies. I actually saw a baby fly earlier. Oh. 
a super tiny little microscopic thing, and I thought to myself, oh, you're adorable, and killed it. Well. What are you doing? You're looking around. What's going on? Are you okay? Are you scared was, of the flies? I was just backing away from the mic while I was trying to release a somewhat silent burp. Ah. Doing it again. Look at you. Okay. Well, no, now I was just demonstrating it for you. <laughs> okay, fine. So besides going up north to one of our fantastic golden lakes. Yeah. Talked my way out of a speeding ticket on the way up, so I was proud of myself for that. Did you do that with your beautiful face? Because you are a smoke show. I turn on the charm and uh, things go my way. I'm not surprised. I mean, Oh, there's another fly right there. Is it dead? No, it's just sleepy and walking around. See it? Oh, okay. I'm pointing at it. You see yep, it? Yep, I see it. I can flick it, but if I flick it, I'm oh. sure a bunch of maggots will come out of its butt. The last time I killed I'm a fly... I'm pretty sure that's how fly biology works, yeah. Yeah, uh, I swatted a fly one time in the kitchen when I first moved into this place. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, there's a fly. I got the fly swatter out, swatted it, and uh, sat back down to get on my computer and saw a bunch of maggots and a bunch of goo on my arm. It shot out and got on me. So I don't ever kill flies the traditional way because it's gross. So what you need to do then if you want to go non-traditional, hmm. this happened uh, up up north this weekend. Hmm, what's that? A friend of mine, uh, sing to it? A friend of mine made a purchase uh, from the hardware store. Yes. For a device that uh, replaces your fly swatter. Is it electric? No, it's not electric. Ooh, what is it? It's the bug assault, it's <laughs> called. And it's like a shotgun, but you load it with salt. Oh. And they shoot salt at bugs and kill them. Does that work? Yeah. I mean, does it shoot it hard enough that the salt penetrates their hard little hard shell bodies? I think so. I was... Uh, I was screwing or around with it. stun them, and then you got to scoop them up real fast. Outside. Yeah, it stuns them, that's for sure. Okay. I think you got to be at pretty close range. I was trying to take care of some dragonflies out on the lake, and mm. I was a little bit, you know, a foot or two away, and that's maybe too far away. I think you need to be kind of point blank. You need to you need to execute them. Why are you executing dragonflies? The well, most... just to see if the the salt gun worked, basically. Dragonflies are magical and innocent creatures that bring nothing but joy and whimsy to the people around them. Yeah, no, but I had to see if the. Oh, do you have to get that? Uh, that's my kid saying eight a.m. pickup, and I'm gonna say. Thanks. Did that with the power of my watch, Ben. Yep. <laughs> Anyways, why would you kill a dragonfly when they don't do Again, anything? Again, we're just we're they just testing your basement. We're testing around. the salt shotgun. Why don't you test it on a man then? Well, because you're not slow. That hurts. <laughs> okay, fine. Was the dragonfly okay, or did you kill it? It eventually got up and flew away. Oh, thank God. You're a monster. You're a monster uh, again, with no we emotions. Again, we had to test... Because I don't want to get into a gunfight with a fly and figure it and find out my gun doesn't work at that time. i got to test it beforehand. Again, test it on a man's finger or something. Okay. Anyways, so besides being up north and killing flies with a salt gun, which is not a bad idea, though I have to say I've had these weird moments of connection with the flies. I have an electric fly swatter where you, you swat them, but they don't... Uh, you, they don't get smushed. They get caught in this kind of net that's yeah. electric. You hold down the button and electrocutes it. But electrocutes it on a very low voltage, which is surprising because you see little sparks happen, little snaps. And I'm like, well, this is killing them. But then I will sometimes drop them on the floor by accident, and you'll see them get up and fly away. So it just stuns hmm. them. So I scoop them up with this swatter thing, smack them. They get caught in the web, hold down the button, go outside, knock it against the side of the wall. They fall out. And you see them get up and fly away. I've kind of gotten used to the fact that I'm simply transporting them back outside. Yeah. And then I feel like less of a horrible human being. Even though flies are gross and you don't want them in your house like mice, 
when you see them, you start to kind of feel bad after a while. You have some empathy for it. Especially adorable mice with their tiny little white bellies and their little tiny hands. Yeah. And their little snouts. Uh-huh. They're up and their little teeth are because they're dead. Oh, it's the saddest thing you'll ever see. Their yeah. tails are gross. Uh-huh. You see their tails sticking out of the trap. But otherwise, the rest of them are just adorable. So uh, with flies, over time, I've sort of gotten the same feeling towards flies. That's so a little weirder. When I actually have to kill a fly, like kill him, kill him, I kind of feel a little bit bad. I wish I could oh. just stun him and get him back outside again. Okay, Gandhi. I know. This is kind of what you turn into when you have an infestation in your house. You start to uh, empathize with your enemy. Okay. It's like Stockholm Syndrome in my basement. Except like the other way around. That's your house. They don't have any empathy for me. Oh, okay. They don't care about me whatsoever. If they knew that I didn't want them here, they would respect that and they'd leave. I'm sure. If only there's some way to communicate that. Yeah. Ooh, the cat's on frisky. Yeah, they're running around up there. Uh, so do you do anything else besides sit in a, in a beautiful golden pond with all your senior citizen friends? Uh, no, that's about it. Like I said, I talked to my own speeding ticket, so that was fun. Oh, yeah, that's right, because you're a smoke show, as you, has been already defined by your coworkers. Yep. Uh, did you wink at them? Did you purse your lips a little bit? What did you do to get, uh, to get out of that ticket? I just rolled on the window. Like, oh, what seems to be the problem, officer? Did you actually say that? What did you say? No, I just rolled down the window and let him talk. I'm uh, not going to incriminate myself. <laughs> I know better than that. Did you uh, start immediately recording? Because that's the thing that, like, that's the thing that I've thought I should do. Yeah, I just, <laughs> I just told him I was a sovereign citizen. <clears throat> I didn't subscribe to his laws. And uh, what are you going to do about it? He's like, "Well, you got me there, buddy. Oh, uh, there I'll you go. let you go." Yeah. And he's like, "Can I take a look in your glove box?" I'm like, "You got a warrant?" He's like, "All right." Too Shut straight. up. This did not happen. No, none of this happened. Oh, okay, I was going to say, okay, for a minute there I got uh, lost, and I thought maybe this entire scenario really happened. That'd be kind of Well, awesome I did get pulled over. He said, uh, pulled you over because my buddy clocked you doing 77 and 65 back there. I'm like, oh, dear. <laughs> did you say, oh, dear? No. Okay. Damn it. I wish this was more adorable. But uh, you probably just go, oh, okay. Oh, there's a fly. No, I didn't say anything. Again, I'm not going incriminate, to incriminate myself. Yeah. I know better than to do that. So I let him... Give us a little spiel. I love him telling me that uh, you know, fatalities have been up lately, and a uh, big factor in a lot of fatal crashes is excessive speed. Hmm. I'm like, oh, oh, that's good to know. Oh, well, there you go. So he took a look at my license, my insurance, went back to his car for a minute, came back, <clears throat> handed me back my license, said, all right, this is a warning. Just make sure you slow down. Be safe out there. I'm like, I will. Thank you, officer. Yeah, it's the be safe out there that always gets me. There was one time... I was late for work. I worked at this one company, and there was a meeting I was supposed to be in like in like 15, 20 minutes, but it takes like 30 minutes to get to work. So I was driving as fast as I could because I had already been late to some other meetings. I'm like, God dang it, I'm looking horrible right now. So I was really putting in the effort to speed. Uh, and really, I found out over time, speeding like 10, maybe even 20 miles over the speeding limit doesn't really gain you a lot of time like you think it's going. Oh, yeah. No, you got to go way faster than that. Way faster than that. So it's like if you've got five minutes to get somewhere and it usually takes you 10 minutes to get there, speeding 10 to 20 miles over is only going to give you an extra maybe a minute or two shaved off. So if you're late, you're just late. So anyways, I didn't know that. I was speeding and this cop pulls me over. So I get pulled over and he goes, yeah, you were going like 80 something uh, on this like 60. I was like, yeah, sorry. And I said, I'm late for a thing. I was being stupid. And he goes, okay, well, whatever. I'm going to have to give you this ticket. So, you know, you got to go to court or you can whatever. And I was like, okay, fine. And then he goes, so, you know, just drive safe, okay? Just be safe. 
And then I suddenly felt really guilty. The whole be safe thing <laughs> makes you feel like, yeah, I was putting other people's lives at risk. Uh, for some reason, that one got me. I wonder if they had an entire marketing team that thought that one out, because it's a pretty good line. It really gets to me. Yeah, maybe the marketing team should tell them to stop shooting minorities, too. That might be good for PR. Yeah, and also peaceful protesters. Yeah. And uh, also um, news people and cameramen. That's yeah. another one they yeah, should stop. Yeah, stop assaulting doing. them. Yeah. yeah, stop assaulting them. Yeah. Well, apparently they're not using the same marketing team from back in 1975 when they came up with the classic tagline, be safe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anything else for you? Nah, I don't think so. Nah, I got nothing either. Uh, just working my job. Uh, doing not a whole lot, nothing exciting to report there. Uh, it's fine. I'm glad I'm employed again. Had a couple happy hours. We went to St. Paul. St. Okay. Paul has no. a lot of... Oh, God, I drove to a happy hour in St. Paul, which mm-hmm. there was this one brew pub we went to. We met up. We had a beer. And it's, you know, your average brew pub. It's yeah. just like, we got specialty beers. Most of them are... You can't drink more than one because they're just basically syrup that has been poured into beer. Uh, do you want coconut flavored? That's the syrup we pour into it. Do you want chocolate or coffee? That's the syrup we pour into the beer. And so it's kind of gross. I'm not a big fan of it. But then we went to Can Can Wonderland. Oh, boy. Did you play some mini golf? We didn't get to because it was too busy. Did you have one of those huge Cap'n Crunch drinks? Uh, no, I didn't know that you could do that. Oh, the big ice cream drinks with cereal in them. You didn't do that? Is it like an alcohol drink or like a normal drink? Oh, it's an alcohol drink. It's a the cereal. Yeah, so there's one with like Cap'n Crunch that I had when I was there, and I finished maybe half of it because it was just disgustingly sweet. <laughs> and they have a few others. I think there's probably a Fruit Loops one and a Lucky Charms one or something. Oh, look at you. Yeah. So I did that. Uh, played a lot of broken uh, uh, pinball games. Yep. Most of them didn't work. Uh, a lot of weird games from the 80s and some from the 70s, like weird car driving games that was like a physical car, like in this box with a window in front of it. And okay. uh, you had to, like, gear shift and spin the car just the right way. It's kind of ingenious considering they didn't have, like, computer graphics. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, it was kind of interesting at a lot of time. Uh, uh, then they had the giant uh, game of Connect 4 towards the back. Oh, boy. And I told my two coworkers, I'm going to be honest with you. I've always had a fantasy about the two of you playing a game of Connect 4. And they go, what kind of fantasy? I go, sexual fantasy. Okay. <laughs> no, you keep your clothes on. It's just that I get aroused watching you two play Connect Four. And so uh, they're like, ah, I didn't really get the joke at first. But after a couple beers, they got the joke and they played Connect Four for me. And I filmed it. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm yeah. sure they're, they're all thrilled to have you back in the office. Yeah, that's probably true. But then they broke the Connect Four machine. So that fantasy only lasted. <laughs> so I, my kink was stymied. Oh, but, um, dear. Yeah, that was about it. But driving out to Can-Can Wonderland, uh, the sky was blood red. The smoke from the fires up north and into Canada were so thick yep. last Thursday that it was just like you could kind of barely see. I was pretty much in Minneapolis and could only faintly see the skyscrapers. I even had to take pictures like a moron from my car as I was driving down 35W. After, uh, after you'd been drinking also? No, it was before hmm. drinking. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm not going to sit there and manage camera uh, camera thing. You know how I get. You know, I take it uh, seriously. I have to bust out the extended lenses and attach them to my phone and everything. But no, I didn't do that when I was drunk. I did that when I was uh, sober and driving them with a... And it was creepy. It's like... Uh, yeah, it was weird. It's like Blade Runner. Or something. It was just yeah. weird. 
Uh, so, and, you know, disturbing, because you can smell campfire everywhere you go, and it's, uh, I hate the smell of campfire. If you sit at a campfire with your clothes, yeah, great. You know, the, when you're there, the yeah. next day, the next day is not when great, your clothes yeah. are smelling like campfire, and it's kind of disgusting smelling, I hate yeah. that smell. So that's pretty much how the world smelt for, like, the last two weeks. Well, and I, I hate it, too, because, uh, I'm nearsighted, I wear glasses, mm-hmm. and that smoke odor permeates the plastic of my glasses. Oh, does it And really? it just, like, six, I can smell, like, in my glasses for oh, a couple of days afterwards, yeah. Well, God forbid you ever wipe those things down. Um, do you got anything you want to say about uh, the restaurant we're at tonight? We had a couple events happen. Do you remember any of them that were worth uh, relating? Well, we thought we were going to get drive-by shot, but that didn't happen, so that was nice. Drive-by shot? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not that we're going to be in a drive-by shooting. We're, I don't want to get drive-by shot again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that was, I don't know, it was kind of a, a weird... Uh, yeah, this car was basically Mercedes going back and forth. With a fairly young couple in there. Yep. And they were looking very angry. Yeah. And looking Looking in intently the into this establishment. And they drove past three or four times. Because they were looking for someone specifically. And or I said, hey, people. Glenn, I think we're about to get drive-by shot. <laughs> And um, <laughs> then they ended up just parking, and they looked like they were, I guess, in a decent enough mood, and they went inside. Yeah, so we decided they, they didn't look very murdery after all, but they looked kind of intimidating driving past. They did because they didn't place. look happy-go-lucky or they're having a good time. They looked kind of serious and yeah. kind of angry Yeah, uh, going back and forth. Like, it was like three or four times. Yeah. And then, yeah, and they were very slow and just peering in, yeah. looking for someone. And I'm like, oh, this these, this is a couple of people that are looking for someone and probably looking for an altercation. So yeah. who knows what's going to happen. Uh, but in the end, it turned out to be fine. They came out in a jovial mood, uh, practically high-fiving and giggling and tickling each other. Um, yeah, but so then uh, you... You noticed, so I noticed this one woman who is really tall. She was kind of wearing athletic gear. Yeah. Uh, and she looked like she could be sort of a, a sophisticated, uh, wealthy lady, uh, kind of in her late 50s, mid to late 50s. She kind of looked like she had that going on. She didn't look like your average uh, trash that comes to the place we go to. Uh, and I was like, oh, that's weird. And But she was by herself. And I'm like, well, then there's something going on here. She was by herself. She was playing pull tabs. She was playing she... pull tabs by herself. She. I felt like she was looking at me. Yeah, I think she was so? on the prowl, maybe. Thank God my back was turned to her. Um, yeah, but then towards the end of the evening, her behavior got weirder. And um, Go on and explain. You already explained it to me, so I can't feign uh, shock. But yeah. go on and explain what she did. So she ordered a beer. It was a beer in a can. And uh, she took a sip or two out of that and then asked the server for a glass. She wanted an <laughs> empty pint glass to pour it into, which she did. So that was fine. She was sipping out of yeah, this God pint glass. Him. Yeah. And then at some point, she asked for a glass of water also. The server brought the water out to her. We were sitting outside, I should mention. It's, it's a nice summer evening. We sat outside. Beautiful summer evening. She, at some point after she got the glass of water, she stood up from her seat, reached over the... Uh, kind of you know, six foot tall glass wall that separates the patio from the sidewalk of this establishment dumped the water out on the other <laughs> side of the fence uh, took out a can of Red Bull I'm not sure where she got the can of Red Bull from <laughs> dumped not all of the can into her glass mm-hmm. maybe half of it I don't know kind of slammed that glass of, of Red Bull <laughs> I collected her phone and her wallet and she left <laughs> Yeah. The server subsequently came by to clear her table. The The beer was empty. She drank all the beer. Yeah. The glass that she poured the Red Bull into was empty. 
Yeah, but weird. she didn't pour the entire contents of the Red Bull can into the glass. The server cleared the items from the table and then took the Red Bull and drank the rest of it. Yeah. Which was weird. What is going on? I don't know. It was a sick. I figured, was... like, when you first told me this, I'm like, so she mixed the Red Bull with something? No, like, that's no, what I was watching for. She just for. poured it into a glass like she's a, a sophisticated lady, which she looked like a sophisticated lady. And, like, the way she, like, she kind of pulled the Red Bull out of her pocket or something. I, I was wondering if she went to the gas station next door to buy the Red Bull or something to mm. discreetly put into this glass. And, yeah, I was expecting her to mix it with something. But, no, she just chugged six ounces of Red Bull, left the rest <laughs> in the can, and then the server took care of the can. It was... That's amazing. It was strange. I love the place we go to. We didn't see the uh, lady with her mom this time. So that was kind of nice. And we didn't have the weird twitchy young guy chatting with us this time. But we did have a, a lot of very loud people uh, who were very drunk um, and, you know, younger. Yeah. Uh, but they're very much the uh, local bar types. So yeah. they're uh, both handsome and sad to look at. Uh, and they were talking <laughs> loudly about, which is weird because they were talking loudly about um, the coronavirus and wearing masks. So it's kind of like we're used to hearing people complain about like, well, I don't want to fucking wear a mask because whatever, blah, blah. So we're used to hearing that. Yeah. But this time it's in the tone of, well, I already got the fucking vaccine. So what's the goddamn point? Like if yeah. I got the vaccine, why do I got to wear the goddamn mask? We already spent a year wearing the mask. I don't want to yeah. wear the goddamn mask. And I was thinking... Yeah, like he's... they're being dumb, but you know what? I We're basically, that person and I are almost on the same common ground because we do have to wear masks, potentially. But he's again. just not quite connecting that final dot there. The final and dot like, being that people that don't get the vaccine yeah, is we the have, reason why we have to yeah, wear the masks. I don't think he's connecting that dot, or maybe no. he was and we weren't paying attention to the full uh, conversation. I don't think he was, because then he said something about, now they're talking about a booster shot. I'm not fucking getting that. Oh, okay. Then, yeah, he's just not connecting the final dots. Yeah, it's yeah, like, we're, you're, okay. you're, buddy, you're, you're so but I was, close. I was thinking, it's weird that I'm. we're living in a time where, you know, there's people had some kind of commonality when it came to belief about society and whatever, and then it dipped down over 2014 through 2020, where it's just like the worst separation from people that believe crazy stuff, people that are like just normal. And then it's like, maybe it's come back up together where we're finally starting to meet and we start to kind of agree on some things, but he's just not getting just all of it not yet. not quite there. Yeah. yeah. So I think the bell curve is coming, can maybe come back again. Who knows? What's well, hopefully so, but you know, maybe next time we go back, we'll, oh, and, um, we were trying to figure out what do you call a person that's got a tribal tattoo uh, is wearing a, what did you call it? Cause his pants had a design in the pockets. You said it was a uh, embellishment. <laughs> <laughs> an embellishment on his back pockets, that kind of thing. Basically dressing from like 2006, but I, I forget what the brand of shirt is. It's like really loud with crosses on it and oh, flames yeah, well, and stuff. Oh, uh, what was that designer's uh, name? I forgot. Was it Affliction? Was that, what? Yeah, was that it? Yeah, I don't know. There was like an actual designer who put his name oh. all over the shirts. So they were kind of dressing that way as if it was like, you know, the mid-2000s, which is funny um, and, you know, tough to look at. But, uh, and I was like, what do you, what do you call a guy like that? And you're like, oh, I don't know. A douchebag. I'm like, no, not good enough. And we we're kind of going back and forth, and I landed on cocksure. Those yes. guys are cocksure. And we decided that uh, we'd probably meet up with them on the tracks because uh, cocksure people drink too much, can't find their keys, and have to go sleep on the train tracks, which we walked yeah. down. But, yeah. And, and also, we're trying to figure out what happens when a group of cocksure men like that run into a couple of fuckboys like us on the track. <laughs> us wearing our masks. <laughs> Walking, yeah. just lackadaisically walking down the train tracks, talking amongst themselves, and a bunch of cocksure guys come out of their homemade tent from a tarp and a couple sticks. Yeah, 
No, in the end, uh, oh, we did go down the tracks on the way back, and it was a little bit dark, so we couldn't really find all the uh, track treasures we're used to. But we did find something, uh, a crime scene. I think so, yeah. We found a discarded purse. Mm-hmm. Completely empty. Completely empty, yeah. And we didn't, uh, we did look inside the purse, but Ben and I are so pathetic that we didn't want to touch it, so we got twigs <laughs> to lift it up and open it. Yeah, I don't need stuff. my fingerprints on that crime scene. <laughs> But it was a brand new purse. It looked like it hadn't been there for very long. Oh, the tracks. The tales the tracks can tell. Found a couple more uh, masks. Never going to understand why there's masks. Discarded on the tracks. Yeah. yeah. Why are people What's going, going to the on? tracks to discard their masks? I'm still thinking that the uh, the hospital that's nearby, it's just all these like nurses and doctors are taking the tracks back home, uh, leaving the hospital, that they're just discarding their masks while they're walking. I don't know where there's so many masks for. Well, with that, Ben, maybe we should move on. To uh, Backyard Blast Bird Blur. Okay. Ben, does Gretchen got anything to say for us this week? Oh, we're, I'm sorry. Going back to the... The stupid clothes. Ed Hardy, is that what we're talking about? That designer? You spent this whole time looking up Ed Hardy. Yeah. Now it's time to move on to Gretchen's Backyard Blast. I'm not doing this again. Just fucking read her goddamn thing. Backyard Blast Bird Blurb. Go, Ben. Is that the guy you were thinking of, though? Yeah, I think that might have been it. Okay. Okay, Backyard Blast Bird Blurb. Go. (laughs) Are you ready? (laughs) Yes, I'm ready. Gretchen's Backyard Blast Bird Blurb. The smallest bird in the world is the bee hummingbird. Ooh. They are native to Cuba. They are no more than 2.5 inches long. That sounds precious. They are capable of beating their wings 80 times per second in general, but during courtship display, Mm. the number of wing beats can increase to an incredible 200 times per second. Is that how they show they're worthy of making sex with is how fast you can beat your wings? Yes. Wow, that's amazing. A resting bee hummingbird takes about 250 breath, breaths per minute. <laughs> they can fly for 20 hours without a break. You're kidding me. Nope. I'm not kidding. Can they go from America to Japan? How fast can they go? 800 miles per hour? I don't know. Okay, fine. Probably not. Maybe if they hit a jet stream. Go on. In one typical day of feeding on nectar, a single bee hummingbird can help pollinate up to 1,500 flowers. Wow. Uh That's a productive little man right there. Their nests are one to two inches wide. Oh, that's fucking adorable. They lay two eggs at a time, which are each the size of a coffee bean. (laughs) This is adorable. (laughs) It's the tiniest little guys. Yeah. Oh, that's so cute. Why don't they build slightly larger nests, though? The nests are only one to two inches wide, and and these birds themselves are two and a half inches long. You'll get a little cramped in there. They understand what's adorable and what sells. What sells is how small and... uh, cute you can make something those tiny little beans for an egg come on ben that's adorable you're right your heart wouldn't tear in half if you saw one of those things no you're right knock knock who's there who's there theodore 
Theodore. Open Theodore. I don't know. Theodore who? Theodore wasn't open, so I knocked. I fucking knew it. God damn Yeah, it. you walked right into that one, I didn't know. you? I know. I'm always huh? trying to figure them out. Yeah, I never really land. Who's there? Alpaca. <laughs> Wait, Hellpaca? Alpaca. Oh, Alpaca. Uh, alpaca who? Alpaca trunk, you pack a suitcase. <laughs> it's not door-related or knock-related. Knock, knock. <laughs> knock, knock. <laughs> Who's there? Two. Oh, God. To who? No, it's to whom. Oh, <laughs> God damn it. These are getting abstract and weird. Yeah. Usually they're door or knock related, but this is getting strange. All right, is, is, that, is that it for Gretchen? Yes, it is. Well, that was a... You knocked it out of the park on that one. As always. Thanks, Gretchen. God bless that woman. Yeah. Let's move on to What's Up? Uh, new books for teens that slap. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> Alright, I gotta find one. Penguin Random House. 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 Oh, I'm just picking the first one I found. Sugartown Queens by Mala Nunn. Not looking into this, we're going in blind. Ooh, that's exciting. Yeah. Uh... From Los Angeles Times Book Prize uh, Award winner and Edgar Award nominee Mala Nunn comes a stunning portrait of a family divided in a powerful story of how friendship saves and heals. When um, Amandala... Are you reading this? You always like sneak in there and find it and read along with me. Am I yeah, saying it right? I would say Amandala. Amandala? Amandala. Wakes up on her 15th birthday. She knows it's going to be one of her mother's difficult days. Oh, her mother's had another vision. This one involves Amandala wearing a bed sheet, loosely stitches a dress, an outfit, her mother says, is certain to bring Amandala's father back home. What? And if there were the, if there were the prince... And this was the fairy tale ending their family was destined for. But in truth, Amandala's father has long been gone. Since before Amandala was born, he's not coming back because of the dress she's wearing. And even her mother's memory of him is hazy. In fact, many of her mother's memories from before Amandala was born are hazy. It's just one of the many reasons people in Sugartown give them strained looks. Why are they not explaining why it's called Sugartown? You gotta read it and find out. All right, fine. That and the fact her mother is white... And Amandala is black. When Amandala finds a mysterious address in the bottom of her mother's handbag, along with a large amount of cash, she decides to find time to get answers about her mother's life. What she discovers will change the shape and size of her family forever. But with her best friends at her side, Amandala is ready to take on family secrets and the devil himself. These Sugartown queens are ready to take over the world and expose the hard truths of their lives. Still didn't explain why the town's called Sugartown. Yeah, I don't feel like making fun of this one, I guess. It doesn't seem... No, I don't want to make fun of it. It seems a little bit weird about the holding on for the father that left a long time ago. Yeah, well, this doesn't seem like the, the silly uh, the silly books you usually find that we can make fun of. There's... No, well, that's what you get when I pick the first one I yeah. see. okay. Sugartown Queens <laughs> by Mala Nunn. 
Uh, it's in hardcover coming out uh, on August 3rd, 2021 for $17.99. You can find it on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, uh, Hudson Booksellers, IndieBound, Powell's, Target, my favorite name, just because of the name and name alone, Books A Million, and Bookshop.org. Go ahead, Ben. Yeah, and if you're trying to decide which one of those places to buy the book from, I'd recommend Bookshop.org. <laughs> Uh, bookshop.org is on a mission to financially support independent booksellers. <laughs> Go to bookshop.org, where you can find Sugartown Queens by Mala Nunn, among other great works. Bookshop.org. And Walmart! You always love it when I scream Walmart. I think it's adorable you scream yeah. every single day. Yeah. I also think it's so goddamn creepy that you can do that whole bookshop.org thing just off the top of your head like that. Well, with that, uh, let's go on to the book. I need to be the one that that preserves or protects what we have going on. Like I need to be the one because I'm I'm capable. Just because we wear a uniform, it's not doesn't mean that we're all the same. We may look similar, but we are not all the same. But I just don't personally uh, care to dwell on something that could happen. I could die tomorrow riding my bike, just the same as I could die on a deployment. When you have something to wake up for and something to look forward to, it helped me, you know, not not think about the war so much. If you can't get down to the awful, the very dark truths about yourself and address them, then you're not going to improve. I've seen some bad side of humanity, but I really feel like I have seen a good side. Things I've done, you know, all the places I've been, all the cases I've worked on. It's humbling in a way of like, you know, justice was served. I don't want mm -hmm. people to feel or deal with what I dealt with. What do you know about the personal life of a soldier? Listen to From Words to Ideas podcast and find out. Available on all major podcast platforms. This re... Uh, let's start over. This week, we're reading... Uh, <laughs> or going over part two. Uh, chapters 11 through uh, 20 of Midnight Sun by Stephanie Meyer. Background of the book, who cares? August 4, 2020, it's companion novel of 2005 uh, book Twilight. We've already gone over a ton of facts about it. Yeah. Don't give a shit. Nope. Uh, basically, she... Basically, let's just get through this. She she loved her first book so much. She loves the, the world she created where she's the queen of this world that she wanted to rewrite it slightly differently and still copy-paste 90% of the first book uh, just add a few things here and there. She just wanted to get back in it again, get her arms dirty, pull those sleeves up. So that sucks for us. Uh, and yeah, then somebody released the first 12 pages or something like that, and she got really mad. This is back in 2008. She got so mad, she says, I'm not releasing this book. She waited until 2020 when she knew that everyone's trapped in their house to finally <laughs> release this version of the book where it's from Edward's point of view. Still, everything's copy-pasted. Still, even though it's from Edward's point of view, you learn nothing about Edward. No. Uh, you just hear about Bella constantly yeah. and how in his mind he's obsessed with it. it drives me fucking crazy. Yeah. But before she released this in 2020, she released another book, which I'm not going to bother looking up the name of, and she uh, that one's the same first book all over again, but she gender-swapped it, where the vampire is a female and uh, the human is a male. She just wants to keep writing this same book over and over. And I hate it, and there's nothing else exciting to talk about the book. Oh, you, you want to uh, learn about the author? 
maybe. I thought we already knew everything about her. Uh, she is Stephanie Meyer. Yeah. Uh, was born Stephanie Morgan, December 24th, 1970. Uh, she married uh, at the age of 21 yeah. to Christian, with two A's, uh, Poncho yeah, Meyer. I call, him, I call him Poncho. I don't yeah. know why. Nobody will tell me why we call him Poncho. Yeah, but we and do. everything, like we said, you ever read about Stephanie Meyer, you've got to hear about the husband, and you've got to see that his nickname is Poncho. Why? I have a nickname. It's Larpeasy. No one knows it, uh, but it, I have it. If, if I, my, my, the podcast that we do, I don't have Larpeasy in quotes in the middle of my name, Glenn Larpeasy Nuzzles, uh, but it's because it's not important. It's only important to the people around me. We all have to know that Chris Jan with two A's, uh, nickname is Poncho. I hate it, and it makes me angry. Fun facts. So wait, Larpeasy, is that a live-action role-playing-based nickname? <laughs> I was at a party uh, with my friend Ronnie, and uh, at the party was a lot of local hip-hop acts, groups, whatever, kind of an underground hip-hop thing going on, and uh, we're all sitting around joking and having a good time, and uh, this one guy, they all have nicknames, and me being drunk and stupid, I said, boy, I wish I could have a nickname, but I imagine your friends have to give it to you, and my friends never make up nicknames for me. And they said, oh, we can make a nickname for you. And I was like, what? So they sat around genuinely trying to think of nicknames for me for the longest time. And finally, this one guy goes, you know what? You look like someone that does LARPing. Like, you look like you LARP. I'm going to call you LARP. And I was like, oh, my God, that's perfect. For I don't LARP at all, but I just love how dorky that is. And then this one guy who was sitting on the other end of the room holding his beer, he was quiet the entire time, just kind of watching the conversation. There was a lull in the conversation for like a split second. And then he really quietly goes, it ain't easy being Larpeasy taking D&D to the streets. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not kidding. This entire scenario for real happened, and I'm not lying or making anything up. It's just, it was the finest moment of my entire fucking life. <laughs> so that's it. My nickname is always Larpeasy. No one uses it, but I have a nickname. Wow. And it's Larpeasy taking D&D to the streets. Fun facts. Kirkus Reviews posted, I already read this one. I don't know. The glacial pace of the book allowed for a focus <laughs> on the characterization uh, predicted that fans would forgive or even enjoy its, quote, excesses and indulgences. Another fun fact, uh, at the Washington Post, uh, Karen Tanby criticized the lack of diversity in the characters, describing the Quillette characters as stereotypical B-list characters. She also noted that the sexual tension between the two main characters was hindered uh, by having to adhere to the original storyline. That's kind of it. I have nothing else for fun facts. Basically, everything I have to say about this book, we already said from the first book we read. So, fun facts, I can't find any more new ones. No one's talking about this book. No one cares about it. I, I thought maybe I'd read the dedication of the book for you. Oh, go ahead. That'd be fun. This book is dedicated to all the readers who have been... Oh, wait, should I read it in a different voice? No. Well, what does Stephanie Meyer sound like? Do I have a Stephanie Meyer voice? (laughs) This book is dedicated to all the readers who have been such a happy part of my life for the last 15 years. (laughs) When we first met... Many of you were young teenagers with bright, beautiful eyes full of (laughs) dreams for the future. I hope that in the years that have passed, you've all found your dreams and that the reality of them was even better than you'd hoped. Well, that sounds like a nice grandma thing to say. since we started reading the Twilight Saga, have you found all of your dreams? And were they even better than you'd hoped? Well. With your bright, beautiful eyes? 
What age was I when we first read the first Twilight book? Was I 45? Yeah, something like that. Things have only gotten worse. <laughs> I mean, I think I had a girlfriend back when we recorded the first one, if I remember right. That's not yeah. the case anymore. Uh, well, we've had a none of my pandemic. business, so I don't know why you're even talking about that. That's none of my business. We've had racial strife, a pandemic. Uh, now there's fires. Uh, I heard there's floods in Germany yeah. that killed a lot of people. There's flies in your basement. There's flies in my basement. I'm still fighting the mouse wars. Your dryer didn't work for several months. My dryer did not work for five goddamn months. So, uh, no, I don't think... I think Stephanie Myers cursed me, if anything. <laughs> and every time I read it, it reflects back to when my life was only slightly a little bit better. Yeah. <laughs> and how I, Do I really? I don't know. Does it make a difference? Do I want to cling back to that period of my life? How about you, Ben? Has anything improved for you since uh, the first book we read of this crap? Um, no, and anything that's gone wrong in my life for the last year or two, I blame on Stephanie Meyer and the Twilight Saga. I blame Poncho <laughs> for not reining her in or getting a better editor or just someone that could talk straight to her yeah. <laughs> about her life and her career. Well, Ben, do you want to go over... Uh, Chapters 11 through 20, where literally like nothing the, happens. Yeah, the plot, as it were. Yeah, is there any plot you want to talk about so in this book? So we left off... Edward saved Bella from the attempted rapists. Yes. And so now in the next 10 chapters, they talked a lot. Mm. There were some complications, apparently. I don't know what they were, but a couple <laughs> of the chapters were titled Complications That's and true. Another Complication. I don't know what those complications were. because He was just... trying to get Angela Weber to get a date. I don't know yeah, why. What, it, with, uh, yeah, some guy, Ben, ben something. something. Ben and joins like, in on the plot. That was pointless. Why Why was that in there? Um, we have some stupid backstory about some of the other Cullens, which is, who cares? Yeah. It involves paintings. That was pretty cool. Yeah, and then it's just... <sighs> It was just, we read 250 pages of pointless dialogue between Edward and Bella, basically. I'm not kidding, and I'm not exaggerating. So much of it was just Edward asking her questions about herself. Only as an exercise to show how a good boyfriend should try to learn every single small thing about the woman he's with. But she misses the point. The point is you're supposed to get to know that person as a person. What drives them, what makes them happy, what makes them unhappy, like that kind of stuff. What what about them do you love that you're drawn to to begin with? Mm-hmm. Instead, it's just literally what's your favorite color? What's yeah. your favorite band? Stuff that children ask each other. And then, yeah, the big revelation, I think, over the course of these chapters is that Edward admitted that he'd been watching Bella sleep every night, which yeah. is romantic somehow in this context. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it's been going on lately forever. And then we're building up to the big baseball game, but we don't actually get to it. It's just, it's about to habit. So we have that to look forward to at the end of the book. Ten yeah, chapters, same, presumably, about the fucking baseball game. The same fucking baseball game, except that we already just read about Edward's five books ago. I'm Ugh. so unhappy. These last like nine, ten chapters or whatever, I was just uh, annoyed and angry and resented every minute of it. Yeah. And I'm saying that and people are like, oh, ha, 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 he's saying it. But I mean, for real, inside myself, I had feelings of actual frustration and dread and just like, I don't want to fucking do this. Oh. I just want to get away from this. And I, I had also, to for the fucking show. Yeah, I should probably mention part of it was describing Edward's past when he was a newborn vampire back in back in the 20s. 
and he was killing people and eating them, but he was like yeah. only killing bad guys. So it was yeah. just like a ripoff of the TV show Dexter. <laughs> exactly. Um, so that happened. <laughs> yeah, that happened. Well, she probably wrote that part back in 2008 when Dexter was still in the air. That's yeah, I know. I was lining up the timelines. Yeah, point. this is when Dexter was popular, so this makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. That, that's about nothing. Nothing happened. Like I, I, her, her, I made some notes per chapter, her and there's favorite, really nothing to list her off. Her favorite band is Linkin Park, apparently. Oh no, no, it's her not. favorite CD was Linkin Park. She was given the CD Linkin okay. Park by someone that's trying to get her to expand yeah, her musical okay. taste. Because what does Whatever. she listen to normally? I don't Stuff from the fifties is supposed know. to be the best, or was that Edward saying that? I don't even fucking I, care. I don't know. None of this matters. No, it's exposition. It was. It's a whole so book of exposition. Yes. There's no plot. There's no story arc. There's a nothing except for as the author I've written myself into this Bella character and now I'm going to fantasize that everyone cares about what my favorite color is and what I'm listening to right now and like the world evolves like everyone's falling all over they're tripping over their own dicks trying to like make me happy so the first book on which this is based was like 200 pages shorter than this I don't understand why this the first book was too long to begin with and this one is yeah. 40% longer like why Nothing happened. It's so... I can't... I'm not exaggerating. She, for real, I started comparing some parts of chapters in the preview of the first book to this book. She literally copies and pastes whole paragraphs of shit, but then adds and then new paragraphs adds, of Edward. it 40% more shit. That yeah, so that's the reason there. why it's it expanded in size, because it. she's just taking the story and removing the parts where Bella reflects on what's going on, which she barely reflects on anything, yeah. and just puts in a ton of Edward shit. So that's the reason why it's just the same amount of, bo- of pages, but just expanded more. Yeah. Drives me crazy. Uh, chapter by chapter, I don't have anything to really say, because all it is is just them... Pointless shit. Like chapter 12 when Edward is trying to figure out a way to get Angela Weber to get a date. I don't care no. why. I don't give a shit why. And why is Emmett joining in? I don't give I a don't fuck. Know. And that was it. That was, it that hasn't was that been mentioned chapter. since. Chapter 13, uh, another complication. Billy and Jacob show up at Bella's house while he's there. And yeah. that that also is downplayed where it's not a high tension point. It just kind of happens briefly. Then Edward just talks to Bella and asks a ton of questions like I want to get to know everything about you so we learned that Bella liked Phoenix that Bella's favorite color is brown and then he laughs but then he regrets it because she explains that brown is a color of nature and out here and where the fuck forks <sighs> everything's is, too green everything's squishy. too green and mossy yeah. and I miss being in Phoenix where everything's brown because that's nature and this is pages and pages and pages and then uh, she also loves Topaz and Edward's eyes uh, and then the the younger Cullens make bets on whether Edward's gonna kill Bella or not. Yeah. And I just keep saying, and that's why I made a note on this chapter. Another thing we have to deal with with these pages is that it is hammered into us even more than the actual original first book about how Edward could kill Bella at any second, either because he wants to eat her because of her blood or because he might like accidentally snap her neck, which made me realize. At no point in this book, so that, that's your thing, right? Okay, so Ben, if you're going to write this book, you and I are going to write this book. It's a Glenn and Ben production. Yeah. What do we got? We got a vampire that can kill people by accident and he doesn't want to. Uh-huh. Okay, fine. We got that. Then we got this person that for some reason is drawn to this vampire by choice. Okay, so what's the conflict? The conflict is he could kill her at any moment and he can't help himself. So... We have to write that conflict in. A conflict where he does almost kill her and she has to see that dark side of him 
and see how dark and horrible he really, really is, and then makes the choice to stay with him anyways, and we have to explain why she comes to that decision in a believable way. That should be the whole book. I mean, that is the whole book right there. He's actually a dangerous murderer. She has to decide why she would stay with him in a way that we, as the reader, would believe. That is not this book. No, he's just She just keeps reminding beautiful. us, like, oh, my God, I could kill her at any minute. But never does. I could kill her at any minute. It never does. There's never any close calls. There's nothing. It drives me crazy. Yeah, there's no tension. There's no comedy. Yeah, just goes on. Chapter 14, chapter 15, nothing. More bullshit, more talking. The Knot examines possibilities regarding Bella and Edward's relationship. Uh, they talk more. Uh, and that's when they're on their hike and they step into the sun and she sees them glitter. It's the same shit. Nothing is added or new. Even no. his point of view isn't new because his point of view is the same shit we learned from the first book, yeah. which is, I am obsessed with Bella and I'll do anything for her and she's not stupid and she's not boring and, and then we just she's the most interesting thing on earth. We get, like the only element that's new to this book is being able to, to Edward can read people's thoughts. Hear but their we thoughts. already knew that. We already knew that. So all we're getting out of that device is he can hear the thoughts of everyone else in school saying, wow, he sure is handsome. Yeah, and also Bella's the most beautiful thing on earth. Yeah, that, that's it. Like that's we are, That was already did. established. Like, yep. we don't need that. This is adding nothing. Even the last thing we read, we was going through whatever, Seattle? I don't know where the fuck they're, Port Angeles? I forget where they were at. Yeah. Uh, and he... He's running around town. He uses his gift to read other people's minds because everyone notices Bella walking down the street, of course, because she's the most beautiful thing. I see beautiful people walking down the street. I don't really think twice about them. I certainly don't linger on my thoughts on them, where if anyone could read my mind, they'd be like, oh, that's where she went because this middle-aged man with a pear shape is still thinking about her. <laughs> she went in that direction. <laughs> it's just dumb. Like it's dumb. She's established gifts that these vampires have and doesn't explore that device, like you said, yeah. in a way that's actually interesting and new and yeah, intriguing. Yeah, it's not compelling at all. It's just telling us stuff we already He's just reading, reading everyone's minds. He's reading a bunch of high schoolers' minds because he chooses to be in high school still. Um, and that just goes on and And that's the other thing. On. We just... Well, okay, so we're into Edward's mind now. Mm-hmm. And all we know is that he's lived 100 years, but he still thinks like a 17-year-old boy, basically. Yep, exactly. That's exasperating, too. And uh, But again, it gets to my contention that Stephanie Meyer still wishes she was in high school, even though she's 50 years old now. I swear to and God. And that's where her mind is. Her mind never left high school, and that's so that's all she can write. I'm, I'm not kidding. I think that when she's writing this, it one, makes her money, so she was going to keep writing them. Yeah. But then for two, I think she enjoys mentally going into this world. Yeah. Where she is Bella, and everyone is lavishing praise on her, and how beautiful you are, and how smart and interesting. All these things that she might hear from other people, like, wow, you're really boring the way you... Like, you're just a giant infant, and, you know, like, you just you just sit around talking about stuff no one cares about, like, whatever. All these things she hears as criticism, I think in this book, Out of Vengeance, she's writing about it as being the most interesting and beautiful yeah. person in the world. Because everything she writes about Bella and all the reasons why people love Bella are dumb and boring. Horribly yeah. boring. Yes. Uh, oh, I'm a klutz. I can't run. Nobody cares. <laughs> but at some know. point in her life, she must have heard someone be like, Jesus, you're not good at sports. And then she was like resentful and angry about it. So she wrote about it in here. Uh, so chapter 20, Carlisle, I think that's the one where they go to meet the family. Yeah, it's Carlisle's history as a vampire. Yeah. I- they go to meet Edward's family and Edward... Like, you know, meets everyone. And of course, they all love Bella. God, she's so precious and so intelligent and so smart and not a giant infant. And then 
Um, they finally meet Carlisle, who's like hanging out in his library, if I remember this right. <clears throat> and then on his walls, he has paintings done of every stage of his life that he sits in the room and stares at. Yeah, but these are such... They're these immortal, all-powerful creatures, and they go to high school and <laughs> sit by themselves and look at paintings. And they're like, they, uh. It's like me just constantly going through photo books of things I thought were really important about my life. Yeah. It, it, why would I do that? How into myself am I? Yeah. Also, if you're hundreds of years old... You, you might do that every now and then, but you don't have a room in your house dedicated to doing that, presumably no. on a daily basis or whatever. Also, if you're hundreds you're, of years old, yeah. I like to think you're some kind of enlightened being to some yeah. degree, you know, where you've moved on from those kind of base, like, I, I need to feel important about myself. So I'm look at, I don't know. It was just dumb, and it pissed me off. Uh, Edward confessed his transgression uh, from a life of abstinence, uh, but Bella still does not balk at the vampire's tendencies. That's about killing people. Yeah. Because uh, he explains to her that... The whole Dexter thing. Yeah, that he went out killing... Uh, he's like a vigilante, killing bad yeah. people and stuff. Uh, and she's okay with that. So, moving on from that... Yeah. Ben, I got discussion questions. Okay, thank God. Do you want to hear me? I have two where I tried to make actual real discussion questions about this book. Okay. And I was struggling. Like <laughs> I was thinking, like, well, it's like a book club, right? Like, what if there's some some person that's forced to read this book for some reason and wants to have intelligent things to say besides two middle-aged men bitching about it? So one was, how does Bella's relationship with her mother shape who she is? She doesn't have a relationship with her mother. That was me pulling at straws. Her mother has no personality whatsoever, and Bella no, she's just has like, no relationship with her mom. Her personality, she's flighty, I guess. She, I don't yeah. know. She's unreliable. She's unreliable, Th- and her relationship with her mom her. is non-existent, so how does that shape uh, Bella's relationship? I don't know, vacuous personality? <laughs> <laughs> uh, how are Alice's visions both helpful and harmful? <laughs> I thought that was a pretty good one. Because they're useless, too. Yeah. It's every possibility that could ever exist is her visions. Yeah, and it's that just, was what's they become more or less fuzzy based on how likely they are, based on what people are doing at the present moment. It's, yeah, yeah it's, but that's just... And that could that's be... That's just playing the odds, basically. I know. And it could be more interesting, like, handled by a better author, that would be some philosophical question about the nature of... You know, yes. Fate or yep. like yep. destiny. And what does she have to deal with when she's constantly seeing various fuzzy states of possibilities? Like yeah. there, there could be something a lot more interesting done about that. But for here, also another thing is if you're reading this book and you have a person who's like, I really have a feeling this might happen. Then it's it could be a thing where you could play that up where it's like, well, is it going to happen or is it not going to happen? And it's like you have this thing hanging over you, this foreshadowing going on. She doesn't do that. No. Uh, Alice just keeps showing up to be like, I think we might be best friends or she might die. It's like me saying on your drive home after we record this, you might get in a car accident. You might get home safely. You might stop at a stoplight and a homeless lady who's holding a Red Bull might give you a hand job in your car. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of possibilities. Boy, yeah. I don't know. The hand job one's getting a little bit more fuzzy because you're yawning a lot. I don't think you can handle it. You probably <laughs> fall asleep while she's doing it. It's just dumb. It's stupid. Uh, my discussion questions. Wouldn't Alice's ability to see the future be more interesting if she got hints of the uh, coming future instead of a grab bag of possibilities? 
what kind of writing tool is that? Basically, I'm saying that this is a shit writing tool that she keeps like shoehorning in. It's almost like, yeah, she's just like workshopping her own ideas while she's writing about possible outcome, like where she should take the story. Exactly. Like which she's which is completely unnecessary because we already know where this fucking story is going. No, actually, in this version of the first book, she has Alice throwing in more bullshit that yeah. wasn't even there in the first place. Uh, do you think that Edward's desires for what is natural, I'm saying in quotes for a vampire, reflects a Mormon view of sexuality and all the guilt that comes with feeling those feelings when you love someone? I say yes. Yes, it does. I agree wholeheartedly. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, I say uh, another one, my last one, I think, is uh, why do you think the author is totally comfortable with someone who has gone through a period of extensive murder as being forgivable and acceptable. But meanwhile, Edward, who's over 100 years old, has just happened to never have sex. But or if even he did, wanted to, it even sounds wanted like. Yeah, to, he's yeah. never desired and, it. But if he did have sex, because uh, he's got a vampire woman that was into him before Bella came yeah. along. So even if he did have sex, Bella probably would have had a huge problem with that in this story, I imagine. I don't know if they ever said that or anything. But sex is literally not even on the table in this book. His yeah. history of sex is not on the table. But his yeah. history of murder yeah. is there, and it's acceptable and totally fine for Bella yeah. and the readers. Is that a Mormon thing? <laughs> I don't understand why that's acceptable. You know what yeah. you should do? You should take this woman who's never had sex and a vampire who's lived long enough where he's probably experimented and had sex in all various different ways. And how do they yeah. agree to their relationship being something real and whatever based on that, if you're a Mormon? That's an interesting story from that point of view. But no, sex is just no. not a thing. He never had it. Never was interested. Yeah. Wasn't never had never even thought about it. Yeah. Also, is there a reason why Rosalie couldn't turn that man she nearly killed into a vampire? Why'd she have to have Carlisle do it? Did Edward plan on turning Bella into a vampire in the later books? Or is Carlisle the only one that can turn anyone to a vampire? Edward never wanted to. But could he? In the later books. Yeah, he could. So then why did Rosalie, like, beg Carlisle to save this guy's life? Because Rosalie was too young, and she didn't think she could. Because apparently there's, like, some fine line between killing someone and just, like, consuming them or turning them into a vampire. Oh, all right. And so Rosalie was too new at being a vampire, and she didn't think she would be able to. Was it? Jasper or Emmett? I don't remember which one. I don't remember anymore. Who gives a Whichever fuck? one. I don't she just care. didn't think she could do it, but she knew that Carlisle had the restraint to uh, all right. turn him without just killing him and eating him. Well, Ben, what's good about this book? No. <laughs> I found something good. Oh. It turns out when you basically read the same book over, <laughs> uh, my favorite quote was still in the book because she copied and pasted oh. it, which is, uh, I may not be human, Bella. But I'm still a man. That line was in the book still. I remember actually pointing that out the first time we read this. Um, I guess I had a couple of quotes on it for reading. If what's good are stupid quotes. Yeah, go nuts. What Bella wanted and what was best for Bella were two very different things. <laughs> That's a controlling, abusive relationship thing to say. Yeah. Uh, my other quote that I liked was I'm absolutely ordinary she explained <laughs> well except for the bad things like all the near death experiences and being so clumsy that I'm almost disabled oh my god <laughs> uh, got anything for what the hell Ben 
I I wrote down the thing I already said about Carlisle and his paintings. I remember getting to that part and just being like, what the... Why would a thousand-year-old man sit around looking at shit about their life? Like, wouldn't he be either staring at a wall, achieving extreme enlightenment, or, I don't know, curling up like a dusty old husk and just resting? I don't know what he'd do, but he wouldn't sit around like, I've had these paintings. I I paid a thousand dollars for this guy to make this painting. See, it's me crossing the Delaware with Washington. (laughs) It's just so stupid. (laughs) Yeah, and just in general, yeah, I touched on this before, too, but, like, the rest of them, they're just going to high school over and over again. They're Mm -hmm. all powerful. They're 100 years old or whatever. They could do anything they wanted to. Mm -hmm. And they just go to high school. They just go to high school. And they haven't had sex or care about having sex. I mean... Well, is it implied that the rest of them are... I don't know. I don't know because they don't talk about any they're of like, that. The other ones are like paired off with each other, so it seems like there's stuff going on there. But Yeah, violent animal, vampire sex, I'm sure. I don't know, but they don't talk about it. They're, they don't flesh it. Also, this is a book from Edward's point of view, and nothing new is being said about Edward no. beyond what we've already read in the first book. But now it's just like we just said earlier, his point of view where he's repeating the same shit, but it's his words instead of the yeah. narrator's words. Yeah, there's no new insights to be had here. There's there's yeah. nothing. The this point book of view is pointless. To try like this would have been her chance to take her entire goddamn series, whatever you call them, the Twilight Saga. saga. It's a there saga. We go. This would have been a chance to one trick people into reading the same book again. Two, <laughs> which yeah worked on us. I guess it did, didn't it? Yeah. I know we're you, never you, doing this again. You got us, Steph. You got us. I was thinking like, well, you know, maybe it would be kind of funny if we read the one where it's a gender swap. No, no it wouldn't no. because it's just the same thing. But she switched out the names and copy pasted everything. But this would have been the book where she tries to explain why a vampire goes to high school. Why a vampire is in love with this idiot young person? This Who's would have been the chance. So clumsy, she's almost disabled. <laughs> Who nearly kills herself on a sharp turn on a highway? <laughs> Never forget that line. That was the best yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but this would have been the chance to try and put all of this into an explainable kind of light that would make it make sense. You. She has money. She's made a lot of money. You can hire someone to help you figure this shit out and write it. But she didn't. So, would you recommend it? No. 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 Never. No. I don't even want it. We're only halfway through the book now, right? Uh, We're like two-thirds now. Okay. I thought we were only about halfway. Uh, I am honestly like... She's worth $120 million, by the way. Uh, of course. You could literally pay some crazy Twilight fan 20 bucks an hour to help you figure out how to make it believable that this old vampire would fall in love with this infantile child person. Yeah. Uh, figure it out. Make it where we're not just reading the same book over. But we're just literally, because she's so uncreative, we're reading the same book over. Yep. She's copying and pasting stuff and just adding in some of Edwards. And all Edward is saying is stuff like, oh, kind of explaining away, like the whole when he was super angry and driving Bella home in the last chapters we read. And in the previous book, he's like, say something stupid to distract me. But then in this version of the book, he's like, say something stupid to distract me. And then when she did, it turned out it was perfect because she's a mastermind of being able to convince him. And it's like, no, it's still a horrible thing you just said. Yeah. Ugh. I don't know how to express my frustration at this goddamn book. And in the middle of reading this book, I thought to myself, I think I'm just going to come to this episode telling Ben I'm done reading it. 
I'm just that much done. I just dislike <sighs> this so much. It's bad. But I managed to get through it, and I got these chapters. So if we only got this one last chunk to go, then we'll finish it. But we are not reading the other one, the gender swap. No. There's... You can't make me. I'm not going to get tricked into reading the same book three times. No. Nothing new and different. Okay, I'm going to stop. I have nothing original to say about this. Ben! Yeah? Let's go to Ben's Corner. Okay. Okay, Ben, why don't you read your segment for Ben's Corner? Okay. Um, This is one of the countless passages when they're just talking to each other and asking each other stupid questions. (laughs) There were so many things I didn't know. I decided to start slow. What's your favorite color? (laughs) She rolled her eyes, still doubting my interest level. It changes from day to day! (laughs) What's your favorite color today? She thought for a second. Probably brown. <laughs> I assumed she was mocking me, and my tone shifted to match her sarcasm. <laughs> brown? Sure! She's <laughs> so you surprised yourself with that one? Well, that's staying in. We're not editing that baby out. <laughs> sure! <laughs> and then she was unexpectedly on the defensive. Perhaps I should have expected this. She never liked the judgments. <laughs> I'm afraid of what's going to come out of my mouth. <laughs> Your Louis Anderson's getting more and more abstract as time goes on. Brown is warm. I miss brown. Everything is supposed to be brown. <laughs> Tree trunks, rocks, dirt is all covered up with squashy green stuff here. Her tone brought back the sound of her sleeping complaint the other night. Too green. Was she this what she had meant? That's right. She whispered too green while she was sleeping. Yep. <laughs> I stared at her, thinking how right she was. Honestly, <laughs> looking into her eyes now, I realized that brown was my favorite, too. God damn it. I couldn't imagine any shade more beautiful. Mm-hmm. You're right, I told her. Brown is warm. <laughs> she started to blush a little and unconsciously retreated deeper into her hair. <laughs> Carefully bracing myself for any any unexpected reaction, I swept her hair behind her shoulder so that I could have full access to her face again. (laughs) I need full access to your face. The only reaction was a sudden increase in her heart rate. (laughs) I turned into the school lot and parked in the spot next to my usual place. Rosalie had taken that. What music is in your CD player right now? I asked as I twisted the keys from the ignition. Here we go. I'd never trusted myself that close to her while she'd slept, and the unknown teased me. (laughs) Her head cocked to the side, and it seemed as though she was trying to remember. Oh, right! It's Linkin Park! (laughs) Hybrid Theory! (laughs) Ben, that was fantastic. Jesus Christ. That's just a sample of the incredibly boring, horrible stuff we just spent hundreds of pages going through. 
Yeah. Can we just not read the rest of this book? No, we got we got to finish it here. I think so. Yeah. I kind of want to go on strike where just you tell me about the rest of it. Yeah. And I just would like to also mention, uh, rest in peace, Lincoln Park uh, performer Chester Bennington passed That's away true. four years ago. That's Lower four true. years ago, yeah, so... Yep. Uh, you know, the weird thing is, apparently Linkin Park, that album, is still, like, really, really popular. Yeah. Which is, you know, for a person that killed himself and stuff, so you sort of feel bad for him. Like, he must have been struggling and not happy, even though he had all this fame and he had this band people like to kind of pick on and everything. In the end, he's still one of the most popular albums, so yeah. good on him. Too bad Stephanie Meyer had to work it into her. Horseshit! Ben, you got anything else you want to say before you wrap this turd fest up? No. <laughs> Alright, I mean, God, why am I so depressed? Like just talking That's about this book. So I'm just depressed bad. and down. I don't even want to be doing it. I want to be back at the bar thing we were at, watching all those cocksure men complain about masks and liberals. <laughs> that was more enjoyable than having to read this crap. Yeah. But no. All right, another I mean, two I'm weeks. Gl- I'm glad I didn't get drive-by shot, but <laughs> would have been more interesting than this book. That's Something for sure. Something about saying drive-by shot just sounds so both ignorant and adorable. I don't know what's <laughs> going on. I don't know what I feel from that. Drive-by shot. Well, then let's make it a, a special occasion for our last Twilight. Uh, we'll wait until a little bit later. And then uh, we are going to make it into some kind of drinking game or something. How's that sound? That sounds good to me. That's the only way that I think we can make this enjoyable for ourselves. Then we are going to promise each other we will never read another Stephanie Meyer book ever again. We're not going to talk ourselves into, oh, she wrote one about fairies, and we're not going to read it. No. Okay. Though, in reality, we might wind up giving in and reading it. But we're never reading another Twilight one. Anything involving vampires, we're never touching again. No, I'm, I'm done with Stephanie Meyer forever. Yeah, I am too. Okay, well, that's going to be the special occasion. So next special occasion, uh, we'll do that. And then uh, it's going to get pushed out a couple weeks. We've got to get ready. We've got to plan for this baby. And then, uh, yeah, that'll be it. Okay, well, thanks for listening. Yeah, thank you. Uh, and uh, we will see you then. Yeah. <clears throat> If you liked what you heard on this episode of The Book Boys, how about you check out the website? Go over to nuzzlehouse.com. There you can see all of the previous episodes of The Book Boys, as well as Glenn's other project, Leaves of Glenn. Also there, there's a link to our affiliate shop at bookshop.org. It's bookshop.org slash shop slash nuzzlehouse. Bookshop.org is on a mission to financially support independent booksellers. Also... Find us and follow us on social media. We're on Twitter and Insta. Now, careful, this one's a little backwards. We're there at House Nuzzle, not Nuzzle House. That's House Nuzzle on Twitter and Instagram. Go ahead and slide into our DMs if you have any praise or suggestions or complaints. We'll take anything. Please just pay attention to us and interact with us. Thank you for listening.